Welcome to Cosmic Channels. Open minds on cosmic lines. To call in to future episodes of Cosmic Channels, follow Cosmic Channels on YouTube and Twitch and tune in live Sundays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. The number is 1-833-703-0424. The Cosmic Channels are open. Yeah, it's your boy, BJ Cheeks. I'm Zeltron. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. We have open lines, any topic. Yeah, it's the end of the month. You know what that means. Dream police, they live inside <laughs> of your head. <laughs> uh, we're taking any call, open lines, open minds, whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, we'll take your calls. Last fr- Last Sunday of every month. Any topic, ghosts, cryptid, UFOs, make fun of Braden. Anything goes. Oh, and just like that, first call of the night coming through. Hello, Cosmic Channels. God damn, I'm back, boys. Oh, shit. Cowboy <laughs> pilot from Fort Worth, Texas. How the hell are you? Great, brother. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing all right, guys. Hanging in here. Made it through snowpocalypse and thought I'd uh, share another story with y'all. Snowpocalypse, right? That, that was uh, that was some wild times down there in Texas, from what I see on the yeah, news. we got a yeah, we got a little dose of what you uh, you fellows in the land of the frozen <laughs> prairie experience on a regular basis. So, and our society crumbled. So I think we get a solid C minus on that one. But uh, hopefully, we learn from it in the future. Uh, however, I was talking with the captain the other day, and I did procure a story from a friend of a friend to uh, pass along that I thought was pretty cool. It has to do with the uh, underground military bases. Um, caught my attention. I thought it was worth passing along. Of course. So uh gentleman I was flying with is a Vietnam veteran. Like many young men of his generation, he found himself flying a uh, UH-1 Huey. He was a Huey gunship pilot. Um, and now he was his regular U.S. Army standard issue GI. You know, he was flying relatively normal missions. However, he said one time, he did get attached to a group of uh, special operators. He refused to say which, what kind of special operations dudes these were. Um, however, I did ask him if they were the kind of special operators that were berets of a certain color, and he just kind of smiled at me. Roger. So, <laughs> him, yeah. <laughs> so him and a couple uh, other helicopters, he said, were attached as gunships <clears throat> to escort these troop transports. So they're going on some mission somewhere that he uh, couldn't tell me for obvious reasons. And um, they're supposed to just kind of protect them along en route. So he says, you know, they're kind of going through the, the pre-mission briefing. And he says, so, I, you know, where are we going and and why? They said they couldn't tell him why. But as far as where they're going, he said, you just follow along these troop transport helicopters um, until you don't need to anymore. And he said, well, you know, he told me, well, what does that mean? What, how, how do we know we won't need to anymore? They said, oh, trust me, you'll know. So... They get going. They're in formation. They're they're kind of protecting these troop transport helicopters. And as he puts it, they're about two hours in. And again, he couldn't confirm any destinations or where they were. But he said they they you know kind of were coming up on what just looked like another mountain in Southeast Asia, wherever wherever they were. Again, he couldn't confirm. And as he put it, the two helicopters that were troop transports full of these special operators flew into the mountain. Now, not like they crashed, but like the helicopters disappeared into the side of the mountain. Now, he told me that he was almost positive that there was no kind of opening, there was no natural cave, there was nothing. They're, they're flying a along. Waterfall, like All, a bat cave. <laughs> like full <laughs> James Bond supervillain status. Yeah. I don't know. He, he did not specify. I don't think there was a waterfall, but he said, as he put it, he said they, they were flying towards the mountain at one point, And the next thing he knew, they, they, they lost sight. They couldn't find him anymore. So his initial thought was that maybe they passed under some foliage or, you know, maybe, maybe they had actually crashed, like gone down, but there was no sign of that. They just lost radio, radio contact. And they assumed that that was what they meant by "you'll know when you don't need to follow them anymore." So I thought that was a pretty crazy story. Oh, weird! 
super weird, man. So a lot like, of weird shit happened in Vietnam. So like some hidden, some hidden entrance to a bay, like not visible. Like these craft just disappeared, seemingly. Yeah, that's that's kind of what he insinuated. You know, he said, especially he said normally he would chalk it up to just something, you know, just a weird experience in Nam. But he said the fact that they were on this weird kind of secret mission with special operators and stuff. He said he, he kind of, he didn't really know what to make of it. He didn't draw any solid conclusions, but he thought it was, you know, like all, like, like always, I was just picking his brain. He said, Oh, you know, you flew a helicopter. You see anything weird over there? And at first he was kind of like, well, no, not really. And then he sort of about a minute later said, well, there was this one time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, that, that's a crazy ass story, man. That reminds me of like, uh, you know, we talked about the the hidden entrance in that base in Australia, uh, the potential for that mm. uh, out in the Pine Gap. Uh, Pine Gap, yeah. Um, so, you know, is that the first of these bases with these seemingly invincibly fast opening closing doors on the mountainside? <laughs> Probably not. Was this th wait? This is in <laughs> Vietnam, correct? Yeah. Yes, this would be. Uh, well, got some big he couldn't games. confirm. Got he some was big ass in caves. Vietnam. But he could, which that's a good point too. Yeah, it's like be. they do have large caves in Vietnam. So if they're aware of some type of entrance to a large cavern or something like that, maybe that was their whole thing was they were being deployed inside that cavern in order to kind of do like a, you know, some type of, uh, what, what's the word <clears throat> for here? reconnaissance. Yeah. It could be some reconnaissance or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> like it's, yeah. Totally you said it you wasn't know, like it wasn't like a rocky mountain. It would have been like you know one of the forested mountains, like a jungle mountain or something like that. They could have technically just had a maybe a, a very small clearing made and on that mountain and landed there, or 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 secret. Could you go base. into a little bit more detail about what what he saw them do, like in terms of landing or? No, he was pretty sparse on this any kind of clear opening and and that they lost visual so you know in theory if they, these are helicopters if they had just sat down you know that that takes a little while they you know they were following these helicopters so right. you know they had eyes on them and and he said it was like you know they were like one second they were there he kind of got distracted for a second and then they were just gone so presumably if they were just landing that would have been fairly visible but it could have been some sort of like natural I, I don't know maybe they have some tarp with a bunch of leaves on it that they just pull over the opening real maybe quick if they just knows. drop between like drop beneath the tree line like if there were just yeah. some small opening like if these were special operators i'm sure like the pilots of these helicopters were probably some of the best, the best so the it's best, like these yeah. guys were doing probably either like best fast the best roping. the best sir well they were like fast roping down or something like <laughs> that some quick like just land real yeah. fast and then just you know go straight down and do some crazy shit and come out with a necklace full of ears or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or or maybe they've got some active camouflage, like from Elisa Lamb. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I got one last question. I got one last question for you guys. Yep. Are you aware of Buttergate, and how concerned are you about it? I've That's not the first time I've heard this, but I, I don't know what the hell Buttergate is. So basically, <laughs> Buttergate is that Canadian butter is harder to spread than any other butter in the world. So is that is that, is that the gist? Yeah. That that is the gist, and that it has become that way very recently. That over the last like month, Canadian butter has gotten harder and more difficult to spread, and no one knows why. Interesting. Well, I, I'm a big I'm a big margarine user. <laughs> Gross. Uh, and I like, to, I like oh. margarine with some uh, avocado oil in it, so it's already smooth. Wait, doesn't doesn't Canada have a? Uh, don't you guys kind of have like a dairy cartel, like the maple syrup cartel? Isn't your dairy products like probably right. controlled? Yeah, oh, like, big oh, dairy, dude. You mean the the cow tippers? Yeah, yeah. Fuck cow tippers. Hmm. <laughs> no, it's because we have so much nutrients I in our know. butter. Those Canadian cows are fucking producing high protein, nice fats, all, all that shit. So it's not easy. Certified bird of beef. Bird of beef. Go, yeah. <laughs> That'll be something good coming from Alberta. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Buttergate. All right. We're going to pay attention to Buttergate because the few people will be like, Buttergate. I was like, I don't know. I thought it was like some inside joke, but it's legit just about butter. I thought it was an Onion article when I first saw it on the internet, but apparently it's, it's something of a real thing. So I thought I'd ask about it. But anyways, boys, that's all I got. Thanks, cowboy. Cheers, man. Always, right, good, you guys, always good hearing from you. You guys take it easy. You too, brother. Yeah. Talk, talk to you again.
yeah, if you're like, if the helicopter, you're following the other helicopter and they have like, not necessarily, maybe it's just like camouflage and like you peel it back really quick. And then as you're land, before you even landed, you like, you string it back across where you're going down and you don't even notice that the helicopter disappeared. I don't know. I mean, but they were flying through mountains. I said, if he, and like he said, if he, if he lost, like if he broke visual contact for like a second, those helicopters could have just dropped down real fast on some like what nor faster than is normal for like a, a deployment of a of, of troops or something like that they mm. could have if they were just flying between mountains and stuff like that because i mean you guys have been to vietnam you've seen the how the hills and how the mountains look like and like how the terrain is if you just lost track of them even behind a mountain or something and they just dropped out of sight real fast like it would seem like they just disappeared obviously don't have no enough so we got another caller here one second Oh, damn it. Just lost him. Call right back. Lost him. Oh, someone else called. If you were just called, something happened. We lost you, but here's another one. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, how we doing? Good. Hello. Oh. Can you hear oh, us? Oh, man. This is, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Who's oh, this? This is, um, uh... Uh, let's go with Tony Montana calling in. Okay, Tony. Okay, okay. But, uh, we're calling in from Miami, so I figured, uh, Tony's a little more fitting. Perfect. Yeah. So, that little background, I am from Miami, and so, um, this is a cryptid tale. What I, I don't want to say a skunk ape, because I really have no fucking idea what I saw last night. Ooh, last night? I saw something. Cool. Fresh. Fresh in your mind. Let's let's hear it. As in, I have not slept in 24 hours because of what I saw last night, and I have no idea what to make of it. So I figured I called the boys. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, uh, a little backstory. Um, I went to... I'm in Miami, and I'm going to St. Petersburg, another city in Florida. About four hours away. There's one way to get there. It's uh, Interstate 75. I went up there to get a tattoo because my artist moved on me and he's done most of my legs. So, you know, I can't cheat on him. So, um, nope. I went up there, got my stuff done. I'm leaving the tattoo shop in St. Petersburg at 10 PM. It's about a four hour drive back. So I'm coming back. And, um, I personally hate the drive because you have to go through a portion called alligator alley, which is about, Oof. I want to say a hundred mile stretch. Uh, so like, like 160 kilometers for you Canadian boys. Thank you. Um, there's <laughs> like nothing. There's no rest stops. There's no, you don't pull off the highway. It is literally like you, you go straight through the Everglades. There is nothing there. So, so just road and alligators. I'm entirely. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. That's all it is, baby. It's the alligator <laughs> in the alley. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, I'm, oh yeah. So I, right before I get on, like the, the last city you go is Naples. So I stopped at Naples to tank up my gas. Cause you know, I definitely don't want to get stranded out there. Yeah. Um, say my prayers and hope I don't get a flat tire. And I was being pretty irresponsible, but my leg was kind of fucking killing me. Cause I just got a tattoo on my Achilles and I figured it was Modelo time flu. So I just got one tall boy to ease the pain, you know, cause Road it's pump. not doing yep. season and we don't want to get any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, as I'm driving down, you know, I'm probably halfway through. I'm the only car on the road. I mean, at this point, it's like one in the morning. I'm probably like an hour away from Miami. And I am, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the shit, boys. I'm in the middle of the Everglades. And I finished that Modelo. And you know what that does, though, boy. So I had to <laughs> pull over on the side of the road and take a leak. And honestly, I have no problem sharing my names but the reason why i'm tony montana is because this story does involve me actually pissing myself so um <laughs> that's all good i <laughs> yeah so i stop on the side of the road and i'm entirely pussy like if this is alligator alley the only thing i was thinking of was gators even though it's fenced off i did not step away two feet away from my car i'm basically pissing on my car tire because i'm terrified and seems like logical choice yep yeah, yeah. And uh, a good, you know, three to five seconds into my uh, 
me relieving myself, um, I heard like something very fucking loud, and it was not that far away. Like, I mean, it was off into the. This is all. This is the Everglades. It's like big cypress. It's a whole bunch of like cypress trees. It's it's the swamps. And I was like, there's literally nothing out here. There's no lights. I'm the only car out here. What the fuck? But I, I literally just thought like maybe I just heard a gator rustling. Like I don't know what to make of it, you know. And um, but I heard something loud as fuck. And I swear, I look and I see a tree. I am talking about probably like an. I don't know, maybe an eight foot tree, like two meters or something. Just fly probably 10 feet in the sky. Like get thrown. I immediately run to my car, penis still out, pissing (laughs) all over my legs, car and everything. Of course. Jump in my car, stomp on the gas, hit 90 miles per hour, straight home, never looked back. I went to my house. That's, I mean, that, that's the end of it. I didn't see this thing. I didn't see anything. I just saw a tree fly through <clears> the <throat> sky as I pissed myself. Well, Jesus. I mean, like, thinking about Florida, like, what do we got? We got skunk ape possibly down there. Uh, classic gator man. Right? Um, gator man. Got the lizard man of a skateboard swamp, which is more a little bit north north. That's probably like North South Carolina. But it could be migratory. Only, I mean, Don't and know. worst of those all, those are the only big ones that I could see throwing like a tree. And like, what, did you get a look at the tree coming at you? Was it a big full tree? Was it like a giant branch off? Like, what? Describe the tree coming at you. It was an entire trunk. And it, no, no, it wasn't like directly at me. I just kind of saw it flying through. Like, it wasn't, it was. I don't know if it was just like a, you know, like a little warning shot, like, look what I could do. So run away. Right. But uh, that's how I took it as. That's how I interpreted it. Hey, listen, let's not discount. It could have been a messed up fucking Florida, man. You never know. <laughs> it could have. You know what? You know, the mess be strong nowadays, you know. Exactly, man. But uh, superpowers. We're talking about cypress tree. I mean, I don't know how much a tree weighs, but I would have to assume a couple hundred pounds. And this thing flew like at least. 10 feet in the air. It went over the it went over the tree line that I was currently seeing. I mean, the trees weren't that tall because it was like a little marsh. But I mean, still, I saw it fly over other trees. And I was like, okay. So, so you're just standing there. You, you, you're taking a quick piss. You look up. A tree sails over the tree line. You immediately, as you would, yeah. as any of us would, stumble backwards, still pissing, run to your car. Any of us would do the same thing. So you think that it was a, maybe a warning shot of a, a Bigfoot or like skunk ape. Possibly. I have no idea what it was. No but idea. I don't know any person that could do that. You know, I don't I don't have the mountain to do that. Well maybe the mountain. But you got skunk ape fucking in the bushes being like, put your goddamn cock away. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> this is my swamp. <laughs> Leave no trace, asshole. <laughs> like <laughs> now this tree, the tree you've seen fly through there, did you see, did it have roots attached? Like, was it ripped clean out of the ground, or was it just like a fallen tree that was a log, and then you threw it? So I heard a loud-ass noise, and the only thing I could think, this is a cypress tree, so it's a, it's a marsh tree, like, in the swamp. Like, think of, like, a mangrove type of situation, but with, right. like, a big trunk. And it just, like, what I think I heard earlier was it being uprooted and then just being thrown. Damn. So whatever it was it was strong as shit. Like you can just uproot a tree. Yep. No shit. Now, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If, so you, gonna, if you've seen a tree, like I don't know what else, like how you can mistake a flying tree for anything else. So. Right. I do what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I didn't see anything. I didn't like. I'm not gonna go out here and say I saw like a figure that threw it or anything like that. I really did not see anything. I didn't hear it make like a noise or like no grunts or anything. I just saw a tree fly through the sky, and I left as soon as possible. That's because you responded appropriately. Yep. And you're alive. You, <laughs> alive to tell Your it. survival instincts are on point, and you got the fuck out of there like anybody else should. You don't want to stick around and see that thing. Right. That. It, it was fight or flight, but um, uh, I think my body knew that flight was the only real option. Yep. 100%. Right on, man. Hey, we got to keep taking calls, but we appreciate that one. That's uh, Who knows That's what great. that was? I don't know. That's crazy. Gator Alley, Gator Man. Yep, Gator Man. Oh, I'm drinking on some Canadian Crown Royal. So cheers to you, boys. Oh, cheers. Woo. Cheers. Can't go wrong. Okay, Tony. Yeah. See you, Tony. <laughs> okay. Take it See you Tony. later. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>
scared enough that you run away pissing. I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, buddy, I would have been winning the poo in it straight out of there. Man. I wouldn't even have pulled up my pants. I would have been out yeah. of there. Waddling. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, another caller. Hello, Cosmic Channels. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, good. Yo. What, uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Name is Craig. Calling from Texas. Craig from Texas. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Uh, love you guys. Um, I'm also a drummer, Zell, so... Oh, yeah. you guys the music sounds good what are you playing rock metal um, both uh, all, all, uh, all the above yeah nice all the above man uh playing about 20 years right on but uh i have a uh, couple of stories i want to tell you guys about let's hear them so the first one is a ouija story i know you guys have done some experiments with that so i wanted to uh call in and talk about this experience i had um i was about 15 years old and uh, a good friend of mine, Julie, she came in one day and uh, she had a stack of CDs. You know, like I said, always in music, right? So she had a stack of CDs she had brought me and I rifled through them on my way out and uh, didn't really care, you know, so I left. Came home that night, uh, a couple of friends of mine, Tyler and Dan, came over and we played some uh, Ouija board. They wanted to, you know, experience it and check it out. So playing Ouija and you know, as kids do, when you get bored, you start asking dumb questions, right? So they're asking, like, what kind of music do you like? You know, listen to that. And the Ouija board spelt out Aerosmith. And I said, well, I don't have any Aerosmith. I don't know what, you know. And the, the, the board got crazy for a minute. I had my pinky on it because I wanted to show them I wasn't, you know, nippling or doing anything weird. I wasn't trying to, you know, take advantage of them. So I had my pinky on the, on the planchet and, um, it, it spelt out, Craig, I'm going to kill you. I said, well, okay. Oh, you know, God well, damn. better get yourself yeah, some Aerosmith, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. It's really weird. And so, uh, put on that fucking Armageddon soundtrack fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really a weird feeling. And I was like, so, okay, this, this spirit's going to kill me now. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, I closed the board and we said our goodbyes and there was a big noise, a big bang in the back alley. And so it's probably like three in the morning. And my dad woke up and walked to the next room and he seen the board, kind of rolled his eyes, you know, and, and my dog, you know, I had a child at the time. My dog woke up and was barking. And so we go out there, of course, there's nothing. And so I'm telling my friends, I said, you know, it's probably coincidence, whatever, you know, I'll stay up all night, you know, I'm not worried about this, whatever. And so uh, lo and behold, Next day, I looked at my armoire that the CDs were on and uh, seen Aerosmith get a grip, the big cowl, you know, <laughs> whatever cover. And I'm like, you know, I had no idea she had gave me a CD, but it was Aerosmith. And so I'm like, well, kind of coincidence, whatever. And so I blew it off and uh, I told my friends about it. I said, this must have been what, you know, triggered whatever happened. And so um, we pretend to tell my dad and always all our friends about this incident nobody believed us nobody believed anything about it so <clears throat> my friend julie came in uh the next night and we're sitting there on the floor the tv's off and there was a playstation game she enjoyed playing called nightmare creatures the tv was off the playstation was off she opened the playstation and she went to put the game in and a voice came through a tv that said hey julie come out and play Craig, I'm going to kill you. Oh. And she, she looked back at me like hell of a ghost. And she was startled, obviously. And all I could do is kind of chuckle. Like I wasn't sure how to take this, you know, and she heard the same thing I heard and they used our name and they used, you know, the, the event at the time. And I told my dad about it and he said, it was a CB signal. It's something that's, you know, coming through the signal. And I'm like, that, there's no way they would have done our names. And, you know, so it said, Hey, Julie, come out and play. Craig, I'm going to kill you. And so we took that as kind of like, you know, that's really odd, you know? Yeah. And um, we had a motion light at the time outside of our door. And when she wasn't there, I was the only one home. And I heard, hey, Craig. And they say, hey, when you hear your name, don't answer it. Because we're the devil, right? I don't know. So, uh, you know, I opened the door. Of course, nobody's there. Little things like that happen. And uh, at one point, she had a boyfriend 
who had came over to watch a movie with us. And her and I, she worked at a video store. So she had, you know, seen this movie before. We had watched it before. And there was a certain part in the movie where they had this woman in blocks, like around her wrist, around her legs, around her throat, you know, a Renaissance kind of movie. It was a torture device. And there was a laughter that came through the surround sound that we had never heard before in that movie. And so we look at each other like, what was that? And our boyfriend's like, kind of like blowing it off. Like, oh, it's no big deal. But these things happened throughout, you know, next three months that we lived in this house together. And she looked at me and she was like, what did you do? Because at that time I did dabble in some, you know, mysterious and darker things. And I, I was trying to experience and learn about these, these things. And, you know, all I could tell her was, I don't know. You know, like we, we, yeah. we just did this. We played a Ouija board one night and it was a very weird experience. And, you know, sorry if I'm rambling guys, I, you no. know, I'm a little nervous, no, but, but we had this, ex- yeah, we had this experience though. And I was like, I still to this day don't know what to think about the voice that came through a TV that said my name and her name and threatened to kill me. I, I can call her right now and ask her, Hey, what happened that night? You went to play nine creatures and you know, you heard that voice. And she can tell you guys, it said, hey, Julie, come out and play. Craig, I'm going to kill you. Uh, you know? And I'm like, well, nope. it didn't kill me yet. You know, So I don't know what to believe about that. But it, it's a very weird phenomenon. Like, I know you guys have had Ouija experience before. Um, I've listened to you guys' show for, you know, the past, you know, year or two. And I haven't really got to hear those particular, you know, experiences you guys had. But I can only imagine, you know, some of that stuff, it, it, it kind of baffles you. At the same time, you don't understand where, you know, there's some things you can't explain, right? So people think you're crazy when you talk about it. You know, the Ouija board, it can be a very um, personal experience and it can be a very, you know, spiritual experience at the same time. So uh, the reason I called you guys is because I wanted to see what you think about that as far as by name. Have you ever had an experience where, you know, you felt like you were personally... um, I don't want to say attacked, but personally involved in that kind of situation right. where the spiritual. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have, I have one question. How long did it take the Ouija board to spell out Craig? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. That's a long, I was going to say that's, that's a, a really long, long I was like, that's really long. How long were you sitting there waiting for it to spell that out? Well, see, I had my pinky on it. I had my pinky literally resting on a planchet and I, I didn't move it at all. Because I wanted my friends to know that I wasn't trying to pull a trick on them. I wasn't trying to, you know, move myself. And so I really couldn't tell you how long, but I can tell you that I definitely did not do that personally. And so that's what I, you know, it was a weird kind of experience. Yeah. Right. For sure. I mean, our, our experience with Ouija is, I mean, but we've, we were kind of making a joke of it when we first started it. So we've never really had like right. an actual experience like that, but we've had so many people now tell us similar things about like yeah. stuff that happens when you do play. I mean, I think the Ouija board f- for it to like work like that, you have to be like committed for it to work. When we were, you know, one time we we're, you know, we're having a couple of drinks kind of doing it. We got, we got scared more of the location we played the first time, which was out in the right. middle, yeah. middle of the woods. And then playing this right. game, you're we like, well, and then we like took some pictures and there was weird like picture defects. We're like, nope, get the fuck out of here. We're gone. And like, realistically, right. we need a, I would say we need a proper board rather than a Hasbro board. That is the proper board. Right. I know, but I'm sure there's like demon board no, imbued with real spirits. Board. <laughs> I can assure you if anything similar to that happened, I would be moving to a monastery or going to rabbinical school or some shit like that. I would never, I would not be on this podcast anymore. I'd be done. Be packing my shit as it's spelling out. Die, Andrew, die. I'd be just packing everything. It out. really wasn't a, yeah, it really wasn't the matter of the, of the material. You know, it was a cardboard board and, a, you know, plastic planchet. I don't think it was really a matter of the, the physical, you know, device that we used. I think it was more so personal that it, that it actually said my name and, yeah, not even not even the the board itself. It's what happened later, you know. The the talking to a TV, you know, the the voice that came through the electronics. It really kind of confirmed, like what I had had tried to ignore. Right. I tried to ignore it as just a, yeah, a possible like oh fluke, 
whatever, maybe somebody's messing with me. But the fact that my friend Julie had no connection to the sport and she came home and we both heard those voices and we heard those names really made me think about it. Like, okay, you know, maybe there's gotta be something that connected on that level that, that knew and they were just not able to um, affect me physically, but they were able to mess with me emotionally in, in that sense. I mean, like the spiritual, if you think about the spiritual planes and we think about, you know, all these um, theories about spirit, angels, demons, you know, those kind of things, they have no control over your physical being, but they can make you think or do things that can entice you to do other things. That makes sense. Like, well, yeah, I think that like, I think just the act of, so say there is like these different, you know, different planes and like there's astral plane and there's like, all, like maybe there's different beings or whatever. Like, I think it's not the yeah. Ouija board that's doing that. It's like your, your will to like want to connect with like a different, let's say plane is like something, maybe that, maybe that's what, let's say what they're looking for, whoever, like uh, on the other side, they're looking for people who are looking to make contact and the Ouija board just what it stands for, even though it's obviously it's just a board game, really, like just made like any other right. board game. Yeah. But the fact that you're trying to play it and trying to connect, that's what a lot of people say, like why people have these experiences playing with a Ouija board. And I would not be I would not be sitting here telling you this if, if I thought it was any manifestation of my own. If it was any idea I had in my head, if it was any, it was something that I made up or something I could thought would be any other relevance. But the fact that they said our names and the fact that she had no connection to that experience and she heard it, right. it, it really made me think like, you know, it was really a odd experience. Um, my other experience was um, some friends and I were running. I, I got I got to cut you off. I don't, I don't mean to, but the, there's pe other people waiting. So we got to keep moving that that story went on for about 12 minutes. No big deal. That was a really great story. Yeah, uh, yeah we loved it. If you uh, if you get us all back with the next one. Yeah, save that one for the next one. We'd love to hear back from you. I apologize. Sorry, guys. No, I'm don't, a little nervous. No, no, don't apologize. It's a great no, story. That was a great story, man. <laughs> we just say uh, if you got more experiences, though, <laughs> okay. like uh, let's spread them out. Let's uh, call back another time. Let's let's hear another one. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Cheers. Bye. Take care. You too. Bye. That was a dope. Yeah, I don't. I don't like cutting in because people like he obviously had a great another great story coming up. I could just feel it, but. Well, I'll spread the wealth, yeah. man. I mean, we got so many people now. It's like, come on, spread them out. Don't tell us all one stories. Don't shoot your load. Too early. Spread it yeah. out, man. Spread it out. Tell us spread one story. Spread, spread the love. Spread the love. <laughs> now, as soon as I hung up, the other person hung up. They were waiting too long. Call right back. If that was Call you, us. if that was you, it just hung up. Call right back. Where it got my yeah right. That was Zell, just hanging up on people. <laughs> That's a, I don't a got bully. a screener. Being a bully. I don't know who's calling. Four. That's why I'm number the four. Oscar music. All right, show's over. Goodbye. No, call back. I'm serious. Call right back. Don't be shy. Yeah, well, call back and tell your other story, I guess. <laughs> uh, I do believe with the Ouija, though, is that we've, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff we can do pre-Ouija to take it more seriously, you know, whatever, burning the the sage and the... No, sage is what's going to get them away. The 100% accurate incantation that I, that I recited... Word for word from some website <laughs> the on the internet was not enough to open up the portal to the uh the the astral plane. You didn't believe uh, enough, Dan. Enough. You didn't believe enough, Dan. You're making a joke. I was in I was in one hundred percent. Dan, you were I'm essentially you were um you were like from that movie Hook where uh <laughs> Hook, Robin Hook. Robin Williams is like at the dinner table and there he's like, where's the food? And he's like, you got to believe. And he doesn't. That's you. <laughs> no food for Dan. He does believe. Well, eventually. Eventually. But, uh, what I'm saying is he, you're him before he believes. Come on, Dan. Don't you want to be a lost boy? Believe, Dan. Not really. I don't think you wanna... all, that's all like a thing for, Rufio, for childhood. Rufio, Rufio, so, Rufio. I, mean, I don't want to be a lost boy that was stolen by some crazy weirdo <laughs> that probably killed them and ate their soul. <laughs> That's some the original Peter Pan story. It's pretty fucking killed dark, them and ate their yeah. souls, and that's why they're trapped in Neverland. Well, well it's listen, some type. Of, it's some people say it's a metaphor for like early childhood death. Like it's what it is. It's really weird. Original Peter Pan's like really fucking dark. Buzzkill and ruined a classic. I mean, Killed but yeah, Tinkerbell's hot. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I guess.
Everybody likes Julia Roberts. <laughs> okay, well now now I hung up on that guy. Now we got no calls. Now I feel like, um, feel like an asshole. I could. Hey, I'm going to tell you. I'm the reason why the Ouija board doesn't work. I am with every fiber of my being willing, willing it to not, not to work. work. Every time. I'm every time I touch that thing. Mm. I'm like, just please don't. Please fucking don't. Don't move. The entire time I touch it, I'm like, the power of Christ compels you. Power of Christ compels you. I think, I think we just got to get you a little drunker to start before we start. Dude, mm. I was obliterated the first time we played it. Yeah, but you were on a mixed stack of drugs there. Like, you were not on just alcohol. You got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Prescription, yeah. maybe. Whatever. What was it? ECA? Like, taking all those, like... ECA stack. Ephedrine, aspirin, and caffeine. We were... Me and Braden were a little pudgy. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> trying to burn it off as quick as yeah. you can. All right, another yeah. caller just came in. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, my name's Becca. Um, big fan. My husband kind of turned me on to you guys. Um, I played the Ouija board a lot in my teenage years. And um, all I can say is my experience from it is that it seems evil. Because every single time me and my friends would play, it would always go to the number six. And then we would ask, what does that mean? And it would spell out beast. Damn. So, Ooh. I don't know. I just feel like at literally every single time. And um, there was one time we played and we asked who we were talking to. And um, it said it was some guy that died in the fire. And um, we're like, can you see us? And we got um, the planchette to like point at each one of us. Oh. And then when we said goodbye... Um, yeah, that was super creepy. But then, um, when we ended the conversation with him, like all the lights went out in the house and we just smelled fire everywhere. And it was just the creepiest moment. And that's when, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm done with this shit. I can't do this anymore. On, uh, now, how many times did you played it before this started happening? Was it like a bunch of times or? Um, this was kind of the beginning stages. Uh, so that was probably it. like maybe the third, fourth time. But um, there were times later in life that I played it, and one time we didn't even have a Ouija board, and we created our own, and literally used like a keychain ring to move things around, and it still worked. You like, didn't it, bleed on the board or something to like get. No, nothing. Oof. And I did it with um, later. I did it with um, this was in Wisconsin when I did it like the fire story. But later on, I moved to California, and me and my best friend, like when we made our own board, we did it. And I asked the question, like, who's going to be my first love? And it spelled out a name. And later on, it turned out, like, that is who I ended up with, which is so weird. Whoa. But it still freaks yeah. me out because it always goes to the number six. Like, literally every single time I play it, it always will go to the number six and spell out beast. Uh, the only times I like seeing those words and numbers together on the back of Iron Maiden albums. Yeah. That's it. I don't ever <laughs> want anything else to do with that. It, again, it goes to this thing of like, <laughs> I wonder sure. how it would be if we we like actually set up. We would have, we would have to not include Andrew. Yeah, Andrew's out. Yeah, um, oh, great. And and we got someone to like lead it who's done it successfully before. Yeah, we we've played it ourselves, but I mean, we were joking around. I think a little bit too much for to it to really like to like actually kind of make it work on ourselves. Did you ever feel like just evilness or anything, or did it ever go to the number six or anything? Well, Andrew was Andrew had an iron claw on it; it wouldn't move no matter what type of demon was trying to drag it across the board. So, <laughs> okay. The the time in the woods was creepy, like, it, but we were also in the woods in the middle of the night, like it just it scary, scary to start with. Reason, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's. So, I would never do that. That's crazy. And I think we always get a little too intoxicated so i think we should probably uh, should do okay sober. i would i argue against that because most religious ceremonies include getting really intoxicated in the past so i would be like no that helps okay. drinking the blood of christ yeah there's man, usually wine maybe yeah wine of something yeah I'd be like yeah exactly communion why? What? What? What's your What's your theory on the Ouija board? Like, what? Why does it seem evil? Do you th like? What do you think that is? Okay, this is one thing. I was wondering. Sometimes it felt like um, when we would ask questions, 
I don't know if it's like subconsciously you would move it to whatever answer you wanted. And right. so maybe like it was something within me that was subconscious because I was kind of like I grew up religious. My dad was a pastor. So maybe there was something in me that thought it was evil and something in me was doing it. But like I didn't literally feel like I was moving it or anything. But I don't know, just I, like the feeling you get in your gut, in your soul when you just feel like, okay, something is not right here. This doesn't feel right. For sure. And how you can just feel energy around the room or whatever. So I, I just time. don't think it's a good thing. I don't think you should mess with it. I don't think like good spirits are really going to come through. I don't think it's the avenue. To stay, it's wise to do stay away. Reason, do you think the reason that it said six or it attached the significance of six and beast is because, I mean, the triple digit 666 is described as the number of beasts in like ancient Judaism, things like that. And some of the earlier, well, some of the earlier texts described it as 616 and some Arabic texts it differs. But do you think it attached that number? Because, I mean, in other cultures, six is a completely different thing. I mean, there's six points in the Star of David. There's six points in the hexagram in Taoism in Eastern cultures. Like, why do you think it attached the number six to the word beast? Well, it was obviously Dana was speaking in English and her culture. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Do you no think idea. that these spirits somehow, because you attach that meaning to that number, do you think that the spirits interpreted right. that and they felt like that was the best way to communicate? Sometimes I think like maybe they just want to fuck around with you and they're like, oh, this is something that could freak this person out. And they pranksters tap into. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have no freaking clue, but I don't know. It's just every single time I played and that's when I was just like, all right, this isn't right. And I just I don't know. I would just always have an uneasy feeling and especially the time when I played with my friend. And um, and then another thing, it's like every single person we talked to, we'd ask, how did you die? It was always murder. Oh, Every never ask the Ouija board that. That's like rule <laughs> Why number not? one. Well, I think because most of this, like if I had to take a guess, is most of the spirits that would be active are ones that have like unfinished business. So it's like someone who died peacefully old age and like was content isn't going to like waste their afterlife to be like, listen to me, board. Like I need to find people playing Ouija board <laughs> to pass a message. <laughs> Well, maybe they have nothing else to do in the afterlife, so it's just like, hey, whatever. Have some fun with these teenagers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, no Ouija board story ends in a good way, no matter what it is. <laughs> Even if you're playing it as a joke, it always ends in some one of your friends getting terrified and not talking to you for about three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, don't just, know. I don't know. I, for me, I won't even mess with it. I mean... It's better be I'm, safe. I'm open to it, but... Yeah, it's just, I don't know, all these unanswered questions. But that's why I love your podcast. Because you guys talk about all that. It's better to be safe than fucked, you know? So don't <laughs> just don't play the Ouija yeah, board just haunted. in case. Even if it's, like, just eh, if, if it scares you. It's also better to be safe and fuck. So. And, well, yeah. Well, I will say, you guys, if protection. you ever do want to play the Ouija board and you don't have one, you can create your own with a cereal box cardboard that's what i did and it still works so i'm, I'm only into bone thing. necromancy so that's what i'm getting into we'll uh we'll burn some chicken bones and we'll uh next time we we'll play we're gonna that. get a piece piece of like leather like legit leather like straight straight from the shop chicken bones blood we'll infuse it it's gonna be a perfect demon it's gonna be a demon <laughs> board not a ouija board a straight demon board that's next time we play okay we'll, we'll get be there careful we will all we'll, right we'll, we'll let you know what happens you guys yeah, thanks for the call. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Cheers. So I like how you blame that shit on me when you guys made a mockery of the fucking board to begin with. Mockery? Well, that's you made a mockery. We, I said you the played fucking games. You played games. into that shit. I was you guys, down. Listen, was, you brought Dan fucking evil it. on all you guys. Dan and Butte the board. It. You cursed it. No, I, I, I fucking... 
white maged mm. that shit. I put the protection. Yeah, spell but you're on there. but you tricked it because you're not a white mage. You're a dark mage because you're mean. No, and you play tricks on your friends. One hundred percent a cleric. Okay, <laughs> you're <laughs> that mean. Is, that is you're a dark cleric. <laughs> you're a bad cleric. Dude, you're Dan, dark. Dan and stood you up. Play tricks on your friends. Dad stood up before we played. He went to the west, elements of fire, south, east. He did all the things. He did everything we're supposed to, and then yep. a demon got and into the you, soundboard. And that's what yeah, happens. And then you, uh, you know, begin to torment one of your friends. Nah, no big deal. For content. All right. That's good. Another caller. That's fantastic. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good, good, good. You? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, so uh, I'm, I'm calling tonight to share a couple spooky stories that happened to me. Or, well, they didn't happen to me, but I'll tell them like they happened to me. They happened to a uh, friend of a friend of a friend of mine. For sure. Can you give us a, yeah. a name and a location? Fake name, fake location. Just give us something. Whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, we'll go by my Discord handle, Jason Bjorn. Oh, cheers. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And... <laughs> I say, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, it happened uh, somewhere not too far from you guys, actually. Oh, so you're saying BC somewhere? Uh, not quite BC, but very close. Okay. In Canada. In Canada. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. So, so this happened to a uh, friend of a friend of a friend of mine who uh, worked on an ambulance service, and uh, he he had just started his uh, his practicum about a year ago, and he was uh, he was working in the hospital, uh, just doing a quick couple couple days there. And uh, a patient was brought in who was totally unresponsive. She had, you know, a, a, a whole cocktail of things wrong, wrong with them. They were uh, yeah, unresponsive. They had a diabetic crisis, which is usually controllable if you if you take care of yourself. But in this case, it was not. So they decided that instead of uh, you know, keeping this patient in the small town, they'd send them to a, uh, a larger hospital, which is fine. But, uh, you know, through the, throughout the treatments, they, this patient finally woke up and started screaming, absolutely screaming. And uh, for the sake of the story, we'll call this patient the ice chips lady, because that is the only word she would say. She would say it with a deep growling kind of raspy voice so she would say ice chips ice oh. chips <laughs> jesus and uh so, so she's a freaking flyer she knows about the ice chips ice <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh she knows about the ice chips that's for sure yeah. so oh yeah um so they uh they decide you know what like this person he he's a student he can run and get the ice chips and spoon feed spoon feed them ice chips so he's running back and forth, you know, grabbing as many ice chips as he can. And, uh, you know, the, the ambulance that's going to take this person to a higher level of care finally gets there. So after, you know, a couple, like, like I'm talking like an hour and a half of ice chips and screaming and ice chips, uh, loaded, loaded this person into the ambulance and they died about 20 minutes later on their way to the hospital. Damn. So they, this person started their ambulance practicum in the same town and, and was working in the same uh, ambulance that, uh, that this person had died in. So they, uh, one, one late night, it was maybe around 1130, uh, they were working with two other people in the stock room. And they're stocking some stuff and refilling the ambulance and you know, all that, all that good stuff, all the fun, the fun work. And uh, out of out of the middle of the fire hall, so we're we're in the stock room, and there's three of us in the stock room. And out of the middle of the fire hall, they, they just hear this terrible, terrifying. Like just absolutely terrifying green growl, and I was like, "What the? 
fuck was that? Like that, that was, it was the most terrifying noise I've ever heard and kind of looked around, you know, and then I, I looked back out and like the ambulance that this patient had died and is kind of slowly rocking back and forth. And I was like, what the fuck? Like that is weird. Like it's a very subtle rock, but it's definitely there. And nobody's over there. We're the only people there. And, uh, you know, I kind of, kind of inspected the ambulance, nothing wrong with it, nothing mechanically wrong with it. Um, if you're going to debunk it, I, I would say, and Andrew would probably know, like the airbags on the ambulance are typically, I guess maybe it was winter time. Like it was weird, but, uh, the other thing that's also weird about this story is it was in the middle of a lightning snowstorm. So maybe it's just bad weather that just affected the airbags. Who knows? Who knows? It was weird. It was weird, weird for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have one more story that goes with, with lightning. If you've got time. Sure. Yeah. That one was that one was pretty quick. So. so yeah, so so during or unless you guys have any questions about that one. Well, just I'm gonna go ahead and assume does does our friend in, of a friend know what what uh, this patient died from? Because I'm gonna go ahead and assume it was diabetic ketoacidosis, or uh, along with meth and uh, staff and strep. Oof. So sepsis, ketoacidosis, not a good fucking mix. It doesn't sound... I don't really know oh, what no. those words mean, but they sound bad. Well, one of the main features with ketoacidosis is your, like, extreme thirst, which would oh. give her desire for the fucking uh, ice And the chips, strep right? as well. Yeah, yeah. the strep like that. also factor in that. Damn. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, ex- yeah the extreme thirst... That, oh, it was all. She also. Uh, this person also died of uh, um, exposure to the elements. They were found Oof. outside, uh, without clothes, in the middle of winter. So tell us what she didn't die from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole a whole cocktail. <laughs> no kidding. Now, so you're saying like, okay, if yeah. you're going to debunk it, it could have been like the airbags. What do you mean by the airbags? Like they were leaking in a weird way that makes that a weird noise or? Yeah. Yeah. That the sound that I was kind of described, it was low raspy, but it also had like a high pitch in the background, which kind of led me to the airbags. Cause sometimes like when you, when you park the truck, like the airbags will settle a little bit, but that truck had been parked all night. We were using the other, the other rig. Oh, so you're talking about the airbag, like the suspension to like lift the truck up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. My, my friend of a friend's eight years in and it's never heard anything that resembles a blood curdling fucking (laughs) screech coming from an ambulance. Right. And if he did, he'd probably be finding (laughs) a new job. So. Huh. It is. uh, That was paranormally activated hall. There's footsteps and everything there. Oh, dude. Sounds like That's crazy. Um, we got a couple, couple minutes if you want to go with that lightning story real quick. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a quick one. So I was uh, sitting with some of my friends around a campfire, and I had a, a friend at the time. Well, still, he he died uh, seven years ago. We were sitting around the campfire, and we planted a tree in his honor. And uh, we were sitting kind of by the tree, and we were reminiscing about him. And I was talking with his dad and his brother and his best friend. We were, like, talking about him, you know, Oh, this story scares me. But we were just kind of, you know, reminiscing of the past, hanging out, having a few beers. And uh, everything kind of went quiet and the song was changing. And, like, as the song was changing, I just, there's a, it's the middle of summer and there's, like, heat lightning. It's so hot. It's humid. And, like, this kind of cold wind rolls in. And over... God, over my shoulder, I'm sitting, like, I'm on the end, his dad's in the middle, and his brother's on the other side, and in the middle of his brother's dad, right over my shoulder towards his dad, I hear, 
and then I immediately turned hot again. Oh. Like, as soon as, like I heard oh. just like oh, mm. <laughs> like, I don't like even that. just thinking mm. about that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> like, no kidding. Don't like that. Friendly ghosts. <laughs> friendly ghosts or not? That was that was creepy. <laughs> A- yeah. Any ghost? Fuck. Yeah. Why? Why like the sinister yep. like whisper like that too? The... Right. Like may- maybe maybe it's like I don't know. My theory is like the lightning. You know, they're trying to manifest when they're manifesting like energy. They can just pull some from the atmosphere, kind of thing. Like I've almost been struck by lightning a few times where we were. Right. Lots of lightning there, but yeah, weird, uh, creepy, creepy. No kidding. Like a paranormal visitation. Kind of sounds like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some. Got some. My my girlfriend's got. Uh, her grandma has a super haunted house. She had some awesome stories, like truly terrifyingly awesome stories. But uh, if you got other people on the line, I totally understand. We're going to take one more call, but definitely call back with the haunted house stories. That is perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her her grandma's got a super paranormally activated house. I don't think we've done our, have we done our schedule for March? When uh, yeah, let me pull same, it up here. Isn't it the same schedule? Same? Like just- no. Similar, no. but not quite the same, because no at least no like uh, case file like dedicated. Oh, right, right, right. So hang on, we're gonna uh, we're gonna find out when the next uh, paranormal ghost one is. March. Uh, so we have uh, we have actually two open lines uh, in March. So Sunday, March seventh is cryptid. Sunday, March fourteenth is open lines. Sunday, March twenty first is the paranormal, and Sunday, March twenty eighth is again open lines. Boom. Should one of those be UFOs? Wow. <laughs> open lines. Damn it, Dan! You don't make a schedule. UFO is open mm-hmm. lines. All right, so yeah, make sure to call back. Sweet. On. Well, yeah, I'll get my I'll get my girl to call back on the open lines, and I'll call back on the UFO one. I've got a sweet UFO sighting. Please do. Sounds good. Right well, Tell your friend of a friend to be Have safe. Have a great night, boys. You too. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we'll be starting a new job tomorrow. So, all the best. Congrats. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Ooh, freaky one, kind of. <laughs> Give me a little chills. Whis- Listen, if my friend of a friend had half those paranormal experiences, he would not be working with dead people anymore. I can promise you that. Not a fucking chance. Uh, we just got signed out of Skype, which is my <laughs> connection to the uh, that main line. Fantastic. Oh, Pause. that's good. Well, we're a professional it's 7:30, podcast. It's 7:30 everybody. anyways. Well, I don't know why. I don't good. know why it signs out. No, we're back on. All right, one more call. One more call to bring us uh, one more. Let's make it a, a quick one if you can. If you're calling in, if not, well, move on. And just like that, the line it fills up. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, Zell. That's me. All right. Hey. Who are you? I. I'm Hannah in Northern California. Hey, Hannah. Thanks for the call. So my father-in-law actually had two Men in Black encounters. Whoa! Damn. There we go. Wait, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith? Damn, that's awesome. (laughs) That's great. You mean J and K? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, both of them. (laughs) No. uh, So he was... Basically, a genius, certified when he was a young kid. And so by the time he was in his early 20s, he had his own machining shop for, you know, fabricating mechanical parts. Right. So there was some kind of, like, alternative energy contest, either in Southern California or the Bay Area. And... He came up with some new carburetor thing that made his car run super efficiently, like 50 miles a gallon or something. Crazy. Which was basically unheard of. Yeah. And he won or came in second place. And afterwards, two dudes come up to him and they're like, hey, good job. You're not leaving here with that technology. Oh, okay then he took the part off his car while they were watching him and packed it away went home that night he melted down 
the components that he had around his house, encoded all his plans onto notebook paper with some weird encryption that only he understood, and made it look like everything was completely gone. Crazy. Yeah. And then there's... I'm so wait, the guys I'm show up at his the house then. the next day. Yeah. Well, yeah, they show up at his house the next day, and they're like, so that thing you have, you need to give it to us right now. And he's like, oh, well, I, I burnt it. I melted it all down. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, there was a box he gave them with all the melted pieces and, like, the ashes and stuff. So they believed him. They're like, oh, we'll just call it a day then, and left. A couple years later, while he's at his shop, some different guys in suits show up. And they're like, hey, you're doing this project for us. And he's like, okay. They shut down all his shop, kick out all his employees, and turn off the power to all but the back room. And he's the only one allowed at the facility. And he's working on these parts with some crazy alloys that basically don't exist to the outside world. And they're measuring all these metals. They're measuring his scraps that come off the machine to make sure he's not stealing any of this, you know, controversial alloy or whatever. And then when he's done with all this, to pay him, they're like, oh, here's this catalog. Get whatever you want out of there. There's a bunch of just basic everyday stuff. So he goes to order some screws or something one day. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be sending you that Cadillac next week. So this catalog was encoded with all this like high-end stuff under basic items for high-end payoffs. Oh. And he somehow got ingratiated into this system because he was so good with his machining. And he kept it that book forever, but he ended up losing it. Otherwise, that would have been amazing to show you guys. The model was the Cadillac. Oh, I don't even know. But whatever was like top of the line, fully tricked out for like the early to mid 60s. How long do you have the car for? Uh, hold on. What was it? Oh, it was a 1979 Eldorado Supreme. I've been informed. Okay. Damn. Yeah. So not only did he see the men in black, he got paid off. So the alloys he was working with, like, did he have to use any types of special drill bits or any types? Did he have to change any parts in his machining equipment to work with them? Or? Um, I don't think he had any specialized equipment. I think it was all just his equipment, but they didn't let him keep any of it. And like, they kept account of all of their material and all the time and they way overpaid him for all of it, too. Like, he would quote them a price, and they'd be like, oh, you mean this much? And it'd be, like, five times higher. He's like, yeah, like, does yeah, he, I guess Does he that's... remember any, like, properties, like, just visual properties of alloys? Like, were they any harder to work with than, like, regular steel? Was it, like, he working with titanium back then, or, like... I don't remember him saying any specifics about it. Uh, the car was, was from 79. So I imagine it was I think, around uh, 79. Titanium was still. Might have been. I think you could. Well, but I don't think you could get. I don't think you could get it in the U.S. Technically, I don't. There was a whole thing about the manufacturing process, like was only available in Russia. Russia, yeah. Were only producing it. So maybe it was titanium. Does he does he know or does he have some idea of like what alloy he was working with? He has no idea what it was. He's been dead 10 years now, so I can't ask him. Mm, but okay. the thing that. is, that alloy was used to make a mount bracket for the 360 camera on the SR-71 Blackbird. Cool. He found that out after the fact. But, yeah, he was 
How do you find that? How did they, they, did they tell him or did he like, I know, like, did he see it and say like, that's, I worked on that or. I think he saw it and was like, oh, I, I totally know what that is. I made that. So it was like some like segregated department of like how they built that thing. And he worked on this one piece all because he came yeah. up now, whatever happened with the technology that they said to make him destroy it, he encoded it in the notebook. Well, after he died, my husband and I were sorting through everything and we found the notebook pages that are encrypted with the original sketches and all the specs on it. Have you showed so, those to anyone or are you just you have them so far? My husband has showed other like uh, machinists, just a couple people. And I think everyone's pretty impressed just by the design itself. Just by but, just the drawings themselves are impressive. Yeah. But my husband doesn't want to show, you know, the wrong people and have yeah. some shit come down on us. Doesn't want to end up getting neuralized. No, right? definitely not. Well, exactly. you should try and take pictures of that and somehow leak them onto the internet. To us. To us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like to get a little bit more uh, fuel efficiency out of my Silverado. <laughs> no kidding. Like, I'd like another, another 50 times the gas mileage. Huh. That's, that's yeah. a great story. Thank you. God, I got to talk to you guys. Yeah, sorry he uh, he died ten years ago, but sounds like a super interesting guy, and hopefully one day he can get those encrypted drawings sorted out. That'd be cool. It would be. My husband's trying to get someone to make a prototype or something, but we'll see. You you be sure to let us know first if something happens. Of course. We want to invest. Yeah, we want to get on, get in early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right on. All right. All right. That's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for the call. All right. See you guys. Bye. Boom. Great calls tonight. Whole bunch of different stuff. Good stuff. Fun. Shit. Real fun. And also, just to let everyone know, we're, we're also live streaming our uh, main show, Alien Theories Theorizing, directly after the show tonight. So if you want to pop onto our Patreon, uh, you can watch the live stream for that. And we're talking about the Cash Landrum UFO incident tonight. Uh, Should be fun. Probably start about eight o'clock. Um, so you can jump onto patreon.com slash alien theorists podcast. And uh, that's how you access that live stream for the main show. Boom. Boom. All right. On that, next week, March, we have, uh, what did I say was the next? Paranormal? Start off with Paranormal. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have an alien in there, but I mean well, we can make one we can make it aliens. either one. I mean aliens are half the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, hold on, let me pull it up again. We have coming up. We have oh cryptids Sunday, uh, March seventh. Uh, we want to hear all your thoughts on cryptids. If you've seen a cryptid, had a cryptid encounter, and Sunday the fourteenth, another open line. So we got lots coming up for Cosmic Channels. Always fun. Always fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. Cosmic Channels is brought to you by Big Theory Productions. The Cosmic Channels are now closed. <laughs>